Today's program is brought to you by Magic Mind, the world's first productivity drink. Well, that's a bold claim, but this is a bold drink that fits all its essential ingredients into a two-ounce shot. Proven ingredients like lion's mane for memory, elasticity, cordyceps mushrooms for natural energy, and essential hormones like vitamin D3. Did you know that roughly 80% of Americans are vitamin D deficient? Another reason to make Magic Mind a part of your morning routine or evening, I don't judge. Whatever you do at night is your business. Just make Magic Mind a part of it. Now here's some things they asked me to say. A two ounce shot gives you five to seven hours of sustainable productivity. Our magical combinations of 12 active ingredients, including nootropics and adaptogens, is scientifically designed by experts to improve energy, focus, mood, productivity, and decrease stress. Carbon Neutral USA startup based in Silicon Valley, so far we've helped over 5,000 people with procrastination, fatigue, brain fog, ADD, and much more. More info can be learned at magicmind.co slash learn and at magicmind on Instagram. 10% off if you enter your email, plus additional discounts if you get a subscription. Once again, magicmind.co. Try it for two weeks and feel the difference for yourself. To support this podcast, go to positivesarcasm.com slash donate. Any amount is appreciated. Once again, positivesarcasm.com slash donate. Thank you and enjoy the program. No, I probably had COVID like 74 times. I have no clue and I don't care. Everybody likes Blanche. Because Blanche was a pig who took it. Did you smell your poop? Did you learn anything? Did you read about the dog story? Who the f- is my ex-girlfriend who I despise calling me? It's a lot to blame on the news. It's a lot to blame on Anthony Fauci, that f- Italian leprechaun. Almost like it never existed, but it fucking did. So do me a favor. Go f- yourself. Jay here, PositiveSarcasm.com. We're here from Spare Parts Studios. Like, subscribe, share, donate, PositiveSarcasm.com. Slash donate, any amount is appreciated. Check out my sponsor, MagicMind.co slash learn. Once again, MagicMind.co slash learn. Feel the difference for yourself. Or you can check out the Weeble app and go ahead in the link description down below. And get yourself some free stocks. Um, this is not a Magic Mind podcast. This is not a Weeble podcast. I have poured myself a drink, and I am a fucking lightweight. There's no amount of off-season carb loading to offset the good old-fashioned Seagram's VO. I am a, I am a lightweight of a lightweight. I'm a featherweight. I am a Taiwanese strawweight. Mm. Ugh. That shit is rough. Ugh. There's a reason it's 9.99. Um, not that it would make a difference. Hammered is hammered. Recording here from the Spare Parts Studio. Find me on Instagram at positive underscore sarcasm. Find me on Facebook.com slash POS sarcasm. You will not find me on Twitter, but we'll talk about it. You can email me directly, positive sarcasm at outlook.com, or you can find me on my website. It's getting hot in here, so drink a lot of booze. Um, so, uh, I I love, I do love one thing about this studio though, where I I have my monitor in front of me, uh, where I look at articles and stuff, and then I have my OBS, which is on the laptop beneath me, and then just to the right of me is my best pal. Sleeping in a 92-pound beanbag with two pillows, and he is passed the fuck out. I think for the next, um, the hopefully the final version of the uh, Spare Parts Studio, there will be a chase cam. Where literally, literally, if he's not in view, I will put a camera just on him so that he can be in view at the click of a button. Just so we could do like a mid-podcast chase check, <laughs> just to see what he's doing. Be like, probably sleeping, probably sleeping. Um, Cause I miss, I do miss the old uh, studio where he could literally sit um, in, in a love seat, like right next to me, or right in on the same seat that I'm sitting in, 
or in the guest chair. It was a great thing, and that's the one thing I'm missing from uh, – this might be the alcohol talking. Um, that's the one thing that this place is missing, even though he's right there and he's comfy and he's all beautiful right now. Um, I, I, you know, I have a real, real strong connection to him. So the closer he is to me, the better I am. Um, I mean, every night when I go, when I, when I climb into bed, he's right there the minute I climb in and it's just awesome. We pass right out. It's just, it really is. I couldn't trade it for anything in the world. And, uh, as you know, I'll never will, but um moving forward here if you're looking for posing music because you're a bodybuilder go ahead and hit me up uh, through my website or you can email me directly um i still i still do it still do it this is a shit show of a november for why is this what is what is i gotta move this i see it and it's driving me nuts let's move that over there there we go fucking disorganized idiot (laughs) Is that even still in screen? No, no, it's not. Let's just move it down here. Or I could just shrink it. There we go. For those of you listening to the podcast on Substack or on Podcast Act or whatever, I'm literally live uh, live screen moving my support signal into a place where you can actually read the fucking thing because I'm an idiot and I didn't think to check it ahead of time because I'm dumbass. Um... So, Twitter is officially bought and paid for by Elon Musk and his crew, and already, I mean, I wanted to, like, record to the last possible moment, so when we got this thing out on Sunday, basically, two weeks worth of everything that Elon's been doing has been 100%, um, like, alright, this is actually, he's doing it, it's not rumor, and the reactions are out and about. So, what has he done? Well, obviously, besides purchasing, uh, the minute he actually officially took over that Friday, all trading of Twitter shares officially came to a screeching halt, suspended officially on the New York Stock Exchange, uh, closed out at 53.70, purchased at $54 a share. So anybody who bought below that, congratulations, you suck it out. And then all, basically, you don't own those shares anymore, but you get the profit. Now, what else have we got going on? All right. He also froze out all the Twitter uh, engineers first. So he froze out. Yon, 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 yon. He froze out all the Twitter engineers so that there was no sabotaging, potential saboteurs, to the coding or anything of the design that is Twitter so that he could further dive into essentially what he – because – He's always had Elon has always had this suspicion that there's been major fuckery at Twitter when it comes to censorship, uh, a left-leaning bias in the AI algorithm, or and and then of course Twitter bots. He also believes that a vast majority of the users on Twitter are indeed not real. So in order to really figure this out the best he can, he froze out all the engineers at Twitter so he could bring his crew in, dive into the code, into the algorithm, and see what the frig is actually going on. So this this is a process, but he's diving in very quickly. It is, and it feels less like an acquisition. It feels less like an acquisition, but more like a hostile takeover. Generally, when you take over a company, um, it, it's kind of like a gradual change, you know, you get everything acclimated to the new stuff and then you have like this phase in and phase out period it's been two fucking weeks people are locked out people are laid off everybody on the on the chairman of the boards the board of directors gone fucking fired ceo cfo the board of trustee and safety uh all gone vajaya god fired Denied, supposedly denied all their golden parachute compensation. If you don't know what a golden parachute is, it's essentially when you get when you retire or you get shit canned from a high high end corporate gig, you get this golden parachute of like a million plus. So a golden parachute qualifies as a million. I believe it's a million plus. If you get shit canned for any reason, it's in your contract. Million plus, you ride off into the sunset. You never have anything to worry about ever again. 
apparently he said, according to the article, he has cause to be like, oh, hey, oh, about that golden parachute. Uh, nah. Uh, uh, uh. Nah. None for daddy. So there is that. Of course, I'm sure they're properly compensated. But this is the this is some of the reporting that's being done. So on top of the Twitter engineers being essentially locked out, essentially the purging of the entire board of directors, and Jack Dorsey apologizing. Well, why is he? Oh, I jumped the gun. Why is he apologizing? He's apologizing because essentially, uh, let's see, right here. Let's see Twitter. Let's see. Let's see how many Twit Jack Dorsey's apologizing to employees that got laid off. So he's remorseful after the platform fired half of its workforce in one day. So how many how many employees is that? Thirty seven hundred jobs. So he fired so yeah. He consequently most of all employees and up and asked to go to the office. So he basically oh yeah. So before he cut him, he said everybody go home and I'm in like a company wide email. Everybody go home. And then that's it. So let's see. Um, let's see, made a rare public blah blah blah. Musk became the owner. Sought out new resources. Blah blah blah. blah. The tech tycoon launched an austerity cure aimed at drastically reducing costs. So he cut 3,700 jobs. Most of the employees who have been asked not to go back to the office received the notice of dismissal by email. Okay. So yeah. I mean, don't get me wrong. Elon is definitely an innovator, a visionary, an entrepreneur, a lot of great things, but he's also a fucking savage. Okay. The man is a certified genius. He's not somebody to fuck with, though. So this happened. 3,700 employees. Uh, Jack Dorsey filed it, issued an apology saying that, you know, he grew the company too quickly, uh, didn't give it necessary financial solidity because this money – this company was losing millions of dollars a day so i mean but you hired a shit ton of people in, in a short period of time well what's to say that many of these employees and this doesn't just go for twitter this goes for many companies healthcare companies financial insurance companies any administrative any company that requires a vast array of administrative personnel even schools most of these people don't deserve to have a fucking job anyways because they just do essentially bullshit busy work. So maybe these people didn't deserve a job to begin with. They just probably, you know, I'm seriously, being honest, I've worked in administrative positions. And especially in healthcare, there is essentially 50% of the people you look at on a daily basis. It's like, how, how, how do you just manage to exist in general? You're an absolute 100% train wreck. So, these 3,700 people, they probably fucking sucked to begin with. They probably didn't do anything of value. So he, uh, consequently, he's trying to cut costs, trying to make you know Twitter profitable again. I mean, if you're losing millions of dollars a day, what choice do you have? Do you want the company to continue? Do you want the company to exist in the future, near future, or do you want it to essentially dissolve? Because during the dot-com bubble, a lot of these companies that many people invested tons and tons of cash in, they didn't produce any... They didn't produce any fucking money. They weren't going to turn a profit. So a ton of them, they got their their ratings basically turned to shit, and everybody pulled their investments, and that was the end of them. That's why it was the dot-com bubble. A bunch of these companies just burst, and you know Mark Cuban was really smart by building up this company, selling it immediately before the dot-com bubble, making himself a giant gazillionaire, and that was it. He knew what he was doing. Elon turned companies that were essentially like you don't you don't start an electric car company you don't start a spaceship company <laughs> you know you don't start a flamethrower company but he did all that he turned a and he's turning a profit on all of them um i i guess you would say turning a profit i mean he was nearly bankrupt and almost sold every single one of them spacex was literally one rocket launch away from utter disaster tesla was sold probably almost sold on a couple of occasions so i think once to apple Yawn. So, at this point, what else is going on? Oh, yeah, that's right. There was the – so, 3,700 employees gone. Um, Jack Dorsey – well, it doesn't matter what he says at this point. Why would you apologize to him? You know, you knew the writing was on the wall. Oh, yeah. 
the whole Twitter Twitter users can get a blue, the, the whole blue check mark thing. Apparently, I think I saw some data here on my phone. Let me do this before the freaking battery dies. Let's see here. Uh, nope, that's not it. Okay. So Elon, Mu Elon Musk says many phony verified check marks were given out under previous Twitter leadership and corroborate, corroborate accounts, accounts of employees underhandedly selling verifications to users for upwards of $15,000. Holy shit, we gotta look that up. Elon, let's see, Twitter, um, what was it? Oh yeah, then he employed that, he also deployed that new fact check thingy uh, where the, the, essentially the White House put up, a, put up a post, Twitter fact checked him, and then they deleted the post entirely. Or not Twitter did, but the, the White House did because they knew they got caught in a bullshit lie. So he is after it. But let me see this new Twitter uh, 15K blue check mark. Let's just see if the algorithm hits. Um, da, 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 da. I don't think I see it. Yeah, I don't think I, I don't think I see it. But that's what he claimed originally. So let me go back to. I don't want to go to Fox. Like I can't trust Fox. There, they're mainstream. CNN, mainstream. NPR, mainstream. Uh, let's see. So, okay. What was this? This is May 24th. That's not gonna work. Four days ago. Okay. So he's gonna be selling the blue check marks for approximately eight dollars a month. The benefits would remain murky, but must tweeted uh, Tuesday afternoon after Twitter's current lords and peasants adding <laughs> current lords and peasant system for who hasn't a blue check mark. Blah 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 blah. Adding, he will offer user the user ver the blue verification badge for a baseline of eight dollars a month. Verified users will be granted priority in replies, mentions, and search, and the ability to post long video and audio. According to Musk, they will encounter half as many ads and as unverified users. The billionaire also said the description would also let users read content from publishers willing to work with us, bypassing paywalls. Musk claimed that the revenue stream from the subscription will be used to reward content creators, but he did not offer additional details. Surprising fact, uh, Musk was reportedly planning to offer premium subscription service for 20, but he appeared to spontaneously scrap those plans during an exchange with horror fiction author Stephen King, who said, Twitter should pay me. Musk replied, we need to pay the bills somehow. Twitter cannot rely entirely on advertisers. How about $8 a month? <laughs> <laughs> That's fucking brilliant. Twit. Okay. Okay. So Stephen King. Stephen. What Stephen King exactly said? Twenty dollars a month to keep my blue check mark. Fuck that. They should pay me. If that gets instituted, I'm gone like Enron. Okay. We need to pay the bills somehow. Twitter cannot rely entirely on advertisers. How about eight dollars? Okay. That's that makes a little more sense. So, let's see. There we go. Mm, anyways, back to the bullshit. So, around 300,000, that's how many Twitter accounts are blue checkmark verified. Twitter reported uh, 237.8 million daily active users in the second quarter of the year. Twitter launched its blue, blah, 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 blah. Twitter blue subscription service last year at a price of $4.99, offering benefits, blah, 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 undo tweets, custom invisible navigate. I mean, all this shit, it doesn't really do anything for me because I don't, I'm not on there. And I have, even with all this stuff, it's like, great, but it's still a fucking dumpster fire talking to people on there. Um, and it unlocks something in you that maybe shouldn't be on, uh, in me that I don't, I just, I don't, it puts me in a bad fucking mood. You know, and it's easy to put me in a bad mood. It's easy to just send me off to the races. So the idea of being on Twitter, it just isn't for me. I haven't been on there in four years. I think it's four years. Four years? Five, three, four years. And I think that's enough. I think that's enough. I think I'm good. Like, I don't want to, I, I just, I have no desire to go on there. 
I'm, I'm like, I'm on Instagram, I'm on Facebook, and I don't know what else. What else am I on? I'm on Wisdom from time to time. You can find me on Wisdom at Positive Sarcasm. Uh, what else am I on? As far as like freaking Facebook, Instagram, Minds I barely touch. Reddit I'm on from time to time. Wisdom I'm on here and there. Gab I have, but I, I haven't posted in for in fucking months. Um, and that's it. I mean. I mean, I'm on Substack, but that's more for if I'm posting a blog or every time my podcast goes up. And then I'm on YouTube. Well, I mean, the podcast isn't anymore. I can tell you that much. But, I mean, my my music reaction uh, stuff is. Speaking of which, I mean, I've discovered some of the heaviest metal of my life this year. So if you're into, like, music reactions, go to Positive Sarcasm Reactions. Subscribe to that channel. But that's aside. This Twitter thing is fucking crazy, though. Like, everybody's making a huge deal out of it. You know what's funny? Everybody's bitching, moaning, and complaining about Twitter. Elon buying Twitter. Or at least it appears that people are. When you when you completely forget that Jeff Bezos owns the Washington Post, he owns a fucking newspaper. You realize that? the new A news organization... Uh, 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 one of the first you know, most pr- supposedly prestigious news gathering organizations of journalism, I mean, blah, blah, blah. He owns them. He owns a news gathering organization. How is that any different? How is that any less compromising? I think that the difference between Jeff Bezos and Elon, though, is that Elon is more accepting of criticism. Whereas Jeff Bezos is not. You know, and for whatever reason, hey, it's your business, but um, I just, I, I feel that Elon is far more, he's, he get, he can take a punch, but he can also give a punch. And he talks a lot of shit, and he enjoys it. He enjoys the banter, he enjoys the back and forth. I don't think Jeff Bezos is like that. I think Jeff Bezos enjoys, like, this uh, this rock star lifestyle, but very in a very sheltered kind of way, where he shows these crazy parties with these crazy shirts, and you know it's all juiced up and fucking takes steroids and fucks hot chicks and goes on his super mega yacht and all that stuff, and then drives around in his Rivian truck. Um, they're just they're totally different people, but I think Elon is more accepting of criticism, and I think that's a good thing, especially if you're you know, a capitalist mega-billionaire. What was the... Uh, and obviously the purchase of Twitter has hurt the stock value. Well, a lot of things are hurting the stock value of, of Tesla, especially since the stock market is essentially shitting its pants right now. Um, what the hell did stock... What did, what did Twitter close? Not Twitter. Twitter obviously closed. Uh, what was it? Uh, Tesla. There we go. What did Tesla close at? Tesla closed up on... Friday at 208.95. No, 207.47. So it was, oh, it was down. Oh, sorry. It went down seven, uh, 3.64%, but after hours is up 1.0.71. Uh, okay, well, there you go. Um, if they, how do I want to put this? Especially after having a drink in me. Oh, yeah, all drinks and yeah. If Elon would have been successfully able to pull out of the Twitter deal, Tesla's shares prices would have gone through the roof. However, because he is selling his stock in Tesla or some of his stock in Tesla to per to per, in order to purchase Twitter, then it's like okay, then there is there's an opening, there's weakness there. Generally, whenever a company buys another company, even though a company's not buying another company, uh, Elon's buying a company. At the end of the day, Tesla is Elon. Um, anytime the company buys another company, the stock price falls. Whenever a company sells off some of its assets or lays off some of its employees, then actually the stock value goes up. I don't have to explain to you why. I'm just telling you that's the scenario. That's how it happens company gets rid of shit, stock price goes up. Company takes on more shit, 
price goes down. Sometimes a little, sometimes a lot. Now, if a company is being bought out by another company, the value of that price that's being of the company that's being bought out goes up. Sometimes a lot. So, uh, and that's what happened with Twitter. Twitter was at like thirty something bucks a share. Heard, everybody heard it was being bought when it's like $48, $49 a share and then kind of pulled out of the deal. It, and then when Elon started pulling out of the deal, it dropped to like $38 a share, almost like $37 to $35 a share. And then the deal was back on. It shot back up. And it was like, fucking Jesus Christ. This is stock market manipulation like I've never seen. Uh, but at that point, if you were able to nab it at like $37 a share, you would have been able to sell it. It would have been sold for you at like $54. And you would have made a killing, an absolute fucking killing. That's like, uh, let's see, 30. So it's like 14. If you if you bought it like 38, that's 12. That's 16 dollars a share. So if you had a, even if you had a thousand bucks into it, you'd still do very well. You know, I mean, let me do some quick math for you, just because I got a second. Um, let's see. Just even if you had a thousand bucks. So let's just take a look here. So let's just say thousand bucks uh, divided by thirty-eight dollars a share. So it's twenty-six shares. Cool. So twenty-six shares times no, not times. Fuck. Yeah, time, yeah, twenty-six shares times uh, fifty-four dollars a share. Okay, so you would have made four hundred dollars. So on a thousand bucks, you would have made another four hundred. So that's forty percent. That's pretty awesome. That's not even. That's way more than forty percent because there was like a, a third of a share in there, which is like ten dollars. So for like nine hundred something bucks, you would have made like over fourteen hundred dollars. That's like a forty something percent gain, and you literally didn't have to do anything. I mean, that's that's pretty awesome. An easy four hundred, and that's not only a thousand dollars. Imagine if you dropped like five G's or whatever. I mean, you would have made a killing. So that's pretty cool. Um, as far as other information that's going on on Twitter right now, I mean, you got the blue check marks. You got the people who 30-something, over 3,000 employees shit can. Engineers being frozen out of the AI algorithm so they can't sabotage anything. Um, on the blue check mark bullshit. Um, oh, yeah, and then the White House deletes its misleading tweet. Let me uh, dive into that a little bit. Oh, no, wrong screen. That's from my music reactions. There we go. White House deletes misleading tweet given Biden credit for Social Security raise. The White House deleted a tweet Wednesday crediting the president for forthcoming increase in monthly Social Security payment for seniors. Following widespread backlash that led to a fact check noting that the increase was automatic, which brand new Twitter CEO Elon Musk hailed as an awesome feature on the platform. Key facts. The White House account claimed, quote, seniors are getting the biggest increase in their Social Security checks in 10 years through President Biden's leadership. But a note was later added pointing out that the increase is due to a law President Richard Nixon, I am not a crook, signed in 1972 tying Social Security payments to the Consumer Price Index, also known as the CPI, which tracks inflation. The fact check was a result of Twitter's Community Notes feature. Musk tweeted Wednesday morning, which adds labels and fact checks to misleading tweets receiving widespread public attention. The Social Security Administration recently announced an 8.7% increase in checks starting in January as part of its annual cost of living adjustment, which will benefit more than 70 million people who receive Social Security payments. The White House did not immediately respond to a request for comment from Forbes. Crucial quote. Our goal is to make Twitter the most accurate source of information on Earth without regard to political affiliation, Musk tweeted in response to a screenshot of, White House, of the White House's post. Twitter introduced a birdwatch community fact-checking program in January of 2021. Holy shit, that fact-check. So, yeah, seniors are getting the biggest increase in their Social Security checks in 10 years through President Biden's leadership. Readers adding context they thought people might want to know. Seniors will receive large Social Security benefit increase due to the annual cost of living adjustment, which is based on the inflation rate. President Nixon in 1972 signs a law. Elon Musk responds. 
Community Notes feature is awesome. Our goal is to make Twitter the most accurate source of information on Earth without regard to political affiliation. The White House claims the White House claim comes as Biden ramps up a last-minute campaign to pitch to older voters, warning that Republicans are threatening the future of Social Security and Medicare. Biden slammed a seven months slammed a months-old proposal from Senator Rick Scott while receiving an event in South Florida on Tuesday while speaking at an event. Uh huh. Blah 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 blah. blah. Social Security. Blah blah blah. Uh, Biden's pivots. Okay, so it's all fucking political jibber jabber. Tangent. Blasting Republicans over supposed threats to Social Security has long been a campaign tactic for Democrats, especially after former President George W. Bush pushed for partial privatization of Social Security during his presidency. Democrats have occasionally suggested during the 2022 campaign that similar GOP plans still exist, even though they do not. And it's it's all political. What do they call that? Uh, posturing, per se. Oh, look, it's fucking Papa John. <laughs> nice. So... Um, what was my thought? Oh, so throughout this past two years, and we'll just figure on the past two years, there's been so much censorship of information that imagine how far we would have progressed as a society had more information come out sooner. That's a fascinating thing. Like, um, all the suppression of information. Well, what about this medicine? What about that medicine? Or why? Why does this? Why, how does the vaccine work? Why does this do? Like, I mean, all that stuff. All the truth about it, and all the information about it, and all the opinions about it, and all the questions and concerns about it could have easily be been answered, and we would have just been able to move on with the day faster and progress as a society had there not been really any censorship. I mean. Um, truth is just you know truth is the pinnacle of of human civilization it really is the cover-up is always worse than the crime and the fact that well yeah the co well yeah sure let's go with that first of all the cover-up of information get done by pfizer and by our go our federal government and other governments um was pretty fucking nasty and then covering it up is just salt on the wound you know, it is pretty disgusting what they've done and just not allowing us to ask questions or seek treatment. I'll never forget. I'll never forget what they fucking tried to do. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm never forget not being allowed to ask questions or do things the way I want to do. I become a pr I've become a pretty resistant person to anybody telling me, whoa, 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 whoa. And then I'm like, <laughs> you better get the fuck out of my way. So, uh, we are at almost at 30 minutes. Um, I'm going to go ahead and get some Q and a, and then we'll close some shop for this week. But that's pretty much it. I wanted to talk about Twitter because I've been kind of thinking, looking at it for a while. I've had a couple articles about it and, um, just wanted to kind of close up shop. We'll see if anything else comes of it, but I know there's other news and stuff like that out there right now, but. I don't have the brain capacity for all of it. I know there's like the midterms and stuff. We're not going to talk about that. I just, I can't. I just fucking can't with all that shit. You know. The grass is always greener on the other side. Sure it is. I mean, let's face it. Nobody's done me any favors in the past fucking... Well, actually Trump did with the healthcare thing. Okay, sorry. I take that back. <laughs> Anyways. um, Oh my god, he said the Trump word. How dare he? Anyways, let's go ahead and close up the shop with some Q&A, and then we'll get out of here for this week. I'm trying to keep it light. There we go. Let's do that. By the way, if you want to support this podcast, go to positivesarcasm.com slash donate. Let's get to some Q&A. Okay. My girlfriend's parents are getting a divorce after 25 years of marriage, and she's taking it pretty hard. Okay. She's, what, 25? To be completely honest, I didn't think it would be a big deal for her. She's always told me that her parents seem unhappy and that she would not like to be in a marriage like theirs. We are both in our 20s. She's a college kid but lives at home during breaks. My parents got a divorce when I was a kid, and I've always had a pretty logical understanding of why it needed to happen. 
Okay. When I tell her that the divorce is probably for the best, she calls me insensitive. I have no real idea how she's feeling since I don't have a strong memory of my parents being together. I also cannot understand why she would be upset with our decision to split. How do I show her proper emotional support? Well, you have to understand, she's 25. It's a different type of trauma when you're 25. It's also not great because you've, you've grown up with this and to see this thing end is troubling, extremely troubling. So, I mean, you were young, apparently. You said, when did you, okay, you said they got divorced when you were a kid. Yeah, it's different. It hits you different. You've grown up with that, you know? It probably sucked when you were a kid, maybe, but you grew, you grew up used to that. She's not, she's 20, she's in her 20s. Don't expect her to just be like, oh, you know, these things, things happen. It's like, no, that, that's, that's just not how this shit works. Not at all. So you just gotta listen. If, she, and if she's your friend or, or your girlfriend, excuse me. Yeah, you need to listen. Because it's obviously fucking up with her, fucking her up, and she doesn't want things to be like that with you. So you need to not be like your parents so they don't get divorced. Try to listen to what she says. You'd be a better couple for it. Let's move on to the next article. I worked at a company. I work, excuse me. I work at a company where coworkers and bosses also become friends, and it's overall decent in work environment. Good. My work, my field is in the world of social media management. Great. My boss and I frequently send each other memes on and TikTok through text, sometimes related to work and sometimes not. Okay. We're both on the younger side, and in general, the rules are very lax about folks being friends on personal social media accounts. I've asked my boss, I asked if my boss wants to be friends on our personal social media accounts. Yawn. Sometimes it's easier to just be, to send, it's easier to send things that way. They declined, saying they prefer not to be friends on social media with current direct reports. This boss is friends with other colleagues and previous direct reports. I'll be no other current direct reports until now. We recently added someone to the team, Brooke. Hi, Brooke. She had left the department slash company and applied for a job on the team I'm on. Throughout the interview process, I saw that they were friends on social social media and they remain friends on social media, even though Brooke is now a direct report. I asked my boss if we can be friends on social media now. They still declined and have said that since they were friends on social media with Brooke beforehand, then that's different. My boss said they should do the limit, said that they do limit the things Brooke sees on their account and that I should take it, shouldn't take it personally. How can I not take it personally? This really bothers me and also makes me worried about favoritism and exclusion as our team moves, moves forward. What should I do? I think you should let this go. And even if it does take you personally, if you take this personally, it's not like you should take it personally in a bad way. There's You can take things personally in a good way. You know? Why is everybody going to be so fucking meh? It, look. You need to just focus on being a good employee, and that's it. Being a good employee, being properly compensating, having a great work environment where everybody's pretty lax and get along, gets along with one another. That's all you should be worried about. If you're so goddamn worried about this social media bullshit, you're just going to make yourself an outsider. So essentially, it's pretty point blank. You just got to let this go. You know? It's, not, it's, it's also, even though they're a pretty relaxed work environment, it can be pretty unprofessional what you're doing. So you need to just kind of chill out and let things be as they are and focus on what you're doing. Nothing else. They just knew each other for a long time. And you know what? Guess what? People happen to know people a long time before they a long time before they meet you. Let's move on to the next one. I need help to set some boundaries with our neighbors who moved in two years ago. They are very friendly and sometimes bring food or gifts for no reason. For example, they gave my 12-year-old son to use Blender. That doesn't make any sense. A used Blender? Whatever. I feel guilty about my discomfort with them, but at the same time, I am quite introverted and need some time to decompress when I get home. The neighbors and their children, age four and five, are very outgoing, and the kids come to our house slash yard at least four times a week. Sometimes they'll look in the windows to see if we are home. Ooh, that's kind of creepy. At, if the front door is unlocked, the kids will walk right in by themselves, and then they argue if we ask them to go home. 
Get out, you little shits. The neighbor's four-year-old is also unpredictably physical, and he will sometimes bite, hit, or kick people. My parents asked my son, the parents asked my son to come over last night to play, but then at some point the four-year-old bit my son quite badly on the leg. When my son came home and showed me the bite, I asked where the parents were, and he then learned that they had left the house and my son was babysitting their kids. Oh, I'm not comfortable with their lack of boundaries. I know there is a much worse there are much worse neighbors out there, and I don't want to overreact or cause a neighborhood war. How should I approach this? Well, setting boundaries like if your son is actually babysitting, then he needs to be charging. Babysitting is a lucrative business, and if your son wants to make some your 12-year-old son wants to make some money early, then have him charge. If they're babysitting, yeah. If they're actually leaving the house and he's just kind of babysitting, yeah, he should absolutely be like, oh yeah, you know, 10 bucks an hour. But other than that, if they, I think it's the only way. If, if, they, if they don't agree to give your son money for babysitting, he shouldn't go over there anymore. Honestly, I mean, it's, it's too much of a liability. Not worth it. Let's move on to the next one. I'm a manager for a large company. There are five other people in my role, and we share two administrative assistants. One of the admins, Kate, is really into the royal family. When there is a wedding or a funeral, she will steam. She will stream in at work or take the day off. There are a lot of British decorations at her workspace. Think a coffee mug with a Union Jack. Where in the U.S.? Okay. A few days after Queen Elizabeth's death, the six managers were repairing, were preparing for a meeting in a conference room, and Kate was helping. We were making small talk about current events, and another manager, William, said, it looks like a 73-year-old man will finally get a job. The rest of us laughed or said things like, no kidding. Kate was livid. She told William that what he said was disrespectful and hurtful. William said he was, was sorry, but it wasn't very genuine. Personally, I think William's joke was fine, but he should have known better than to make it around Kate. Oh, boy. I thought this would blow over, but since the incident, Kate refuses to acknowledge William or do anything, any work for him. Annual reviews are in a few weeks, and I think this would be a good time to address a good time to address this with Kate. It's not appropriate for her to freeze William out this way, and I want her to stop, but I'm not sure how to phrase this without sounding like I'm saying Kate is too, too sensitive or can't take a joke. Well, she can't. Uh, things that I know people put people on the defense of any advice. Well, why would you wait till the fucking reviews? She's not. She's literally willing to not do shit. How do I fucking word this? She's not willing to work for her boss. She has two bosses, and she's not willing to do one of do things for one of them. So she's not willing to work. She either, at the end of the day, she needs to work for her bosses. If her bosses need her to do stuff. Then she needs to just shut up and go do the stuff. And if she's not willing to do it, then she's being insubordinate, which is at that point, then you can say during the interview, like, listen, we addressed this ahead of time. You weren't willing to do anything about it. If you're going to continue to be insubordinate, we're going to have to shit can you. And that's the end of that. You know, you have to work. You have to be willing to do things for the people that report to the, that, that report above you. Otherwise, go get another job. Go work at fucking... Well, you can't work at Twitter. That's for sure. All right. Let's do one more and we'll get out of here. One real quick one. How can I tell people I don't want to hear them talk about other people's money? Mm. It is common now and it seems to be acceptable to discuss other people's money. Quote, he inherited a fortune from his father. Quote, I heard him... I heard she's earning six figures. Quote, they paid less than $500,000 for that house. I don't want to participate in these conversations, even the, even if they are acceptable. They're not. How can I politely communicate this fact? They are not acceptable. As far as like shutting down money talk, you know, it's like I heard these pay this $500,000 for this house. It's like, oh, it's good for them. It's their money. Um, I heard she's earning six figures. It's none of my business. I heard, uh, what's the inherited fortune from his father? Oh, that's good. I hope he does well. You know, you just. You wish people luck. You wish them goodwill. Um, it's like if, if I go to like get my hair cut or I, I kind of meet somebody and they talk about the weather. If anybody mentions the weather to me, I shut down. I smile. 
I nod my head and I just shut up. I just fucking shut down because it's just it's such meaningless conversation. I know some people are like, well, they're just trying to get to get get in with you, you know, start start to move that into a conversation. It's like it's meaningless to me. I just smile and nod my head and it's like, oh, it's a beautiful day tomorrow. So cut my hair. (laughs) They're very nice to me, though. But it's like, yeah, I when it comes to like weather and shit, I just don't. It seems like a cop out, and I I just sort of smile my head and I, I just kind of, <laughs> and then I just move on, or I just complete silence. Complete silence is perfectly fine too. Just being a nice peace and quiet is ugh, what I wouldn't give for fucking peace and quiet, man. And as far as like, I heard she's earning six figures is nobody's business. It's other than good for her. Or you just say, oh, that's cool. You literally just downplay it to the point where the other person realizes that you're not going to react to it and loses interest in trying to in trying to bait you up or light you up or gaslight you. The Even the they paid less than $500,000 for the house. Well, that sounds like a fucking steal nowadays, especially up here in the Northeast. God damn it. Yeah, I get it. Politely communicate these facts. You just kind of smile and nod your head. You go, yeah. It's just very like, okay, let's, let's let's play it out. He inherited a fortune from his father. Oh, cool. I heard she's earning six figures. Oh, there you go. They paid less than five hundred thousand dollars for this for that house. Oh, good for them. There you go. And that's it. It's it really it doesn't offer anything. It's not aggressive. It's not mean. And it kind of basically kills the conversation for the most part. And if you keep playing that card and you keep acting like that specifically um, the conversation will ultimately die until there's something meaningful to actually converse about so we are at almost 45 minutes we're going to close up shop for this week podcast uh, if you want to find me on Instagram Instagram at positive sarcasm you can find my website positive sarcasm.com facebook.com slash pos sarcasm you can email me directly through my website or positive sarcasm at outlook.com questions concerns comments posing music for bodybuilders music reviews Music music reviews, movie reviews, all that. You can find that on my website. I post it there. And uh, supporting the podcast is easy. PositiveSarcasm.com slash donate. Any amounts appreciated. But uh, I think we're good. Thank you. Oh, thank you to Magic Mind. Thank you to Weeble for the affiliate link. I appreciate the sponsors. It's awesome. In the meantime, thank you for listening, watching, and subscribing. And I'll talk to you all next week. Recorded here from the Spare Parts Studio. This has been a positive sarcasm presentation.